0: Screw it, screw it, we're just talk,
1: talk about, about comics. Welcome to Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. This is the only podcast in the history of human beings where two brothers have talked to each other about comic books. I'm one of those two brothers. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other brother. My name is Kevin Hines. Uh, we are comedians and comic book fans, and we started this podcast uh, just to talk to each other about comics.
0: Yeah, that's right. And we just accidentally recorded it and then uploaded it and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it first... was a it was just a mistake. It was a yeah. I was trying to send you a file, you accidentally edited them together.
1: And that's still yeah. how it happens. We only upload episodes when they happen by total mistake. You guys are missing out on a lot of good episodes. <laughs> yeah, for everyone you hear there's like 25 that we do not accidentally upload.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: Um, so we're in the middle of a season of guests where we uh, are contacting our friends and/or comics creators to talk to them about comics that they love, and uh, this uh, yeah, Kevin, this one's a big one. I don't know. I'm very excited. That, oh yeah, this this is, we couldn't believe we got this guest. Uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Smith, creator of Bone.
0: Bone is huge. Uh, it's an amazing comic. If you haven't read Bone, do it. It's it's like uh, it's something like uh, it's like an Uncle Scrooge comic crossed with Lord of the Rings crossed with um, uh, I don't know I uh, who more. knows what? It's Just it's. I, I know I need one more for the trilogy but po- I, I can't
1: Pogo is usually what's said a lot about-
0: Pogo gets brought up a lot yeah um, uh, so, but maybe now we should say Neil Adams
1: little Neil Adams in there yeah Neil Adams the, uh, the DC artist uh, famous for Batman and Deadman because um, we asked Jeff what comic book he wanted to talk about and he said Batman issue 232 by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams from 1971 I think
0: yeah yeah and this is the first appearance of Raish al Ghul or Raz al Ghul. And, and uh, uh, he is into this comic. He was super excited to talk about it. It was really fun.
1: We were so excited to see what a total geek Jeff Smith is for Batman comics. He had ex- very exact memories of reading this for the first time and what he loves about it. And we thought we were just going to do a general discussion of the comic, but Jeff... Wanted to go pretty much page by page. And I think he wanted about, to go panel by panel if he could have. Which, which we were so excited to 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 do. Um, Kevin and I have been fans of Jeff's uh, since Bone started happening in the mid '90s. Kevin discovered it because his comic book store recommended it to him, and then Kevin recommended it to me, and we were huge fans right away. So,
0: yeah, it's it's one of the comics I give away to people who don't read comics and are interested in uh, trying something because they're being nice to me. They'll say, all right, give me a comic then. And I'll say, okay, how about Bone? Bone seems like to me uh, a good entryway into the world of comics. Uh, I can't wait till my son reads Bone. I think that'll be very exciting for me.
1: Yeah, it's both family friendly, but also uh, kind of good for adults because there's just a lot of adventure and humor and drama in it. It's really a a magical thing.
0: And we we, we don't talk about this with Jeff, but I think it's being adapted by Netflix. So that'll be very exciting.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. So to, it's it's one of the big comics in just Kevin and I's sort of, I don't know, like experience of reading comics. So to get to talk to Jeff was a real thrill. And like you said, we love to see what a fan he was of the comics he likes. Yeah. Uh, and he in this interview, he talks about something
0: upcoming uh, called Tukey, which I think was a webcomic he did that he's expanded into a book. Uh, and he says, follow him on his Facebook page if you want more information from that launches, which is at. Uh, the, it's the official Jeff Smith page on Facebook. <clears throat> Looks like you can find it with Jeff Smith cartoonist as one word. Might be the way to find that yeah, on
1: Facebook.
2: So
1: we're huge fans of Jeff, so if you're listening to this podcast and if for some reason you haven't read Bone, we recommend you do and and be on the lookout for his new new stuff. And um, yeah, really enjoy enjoy this talk. As um, uh, I, you know, Kevin, before I was surprised he picked a Batman comic.
0: Sure. Yeah, I did not expect uh. An action comic. Uh, the ones he suggested were all like pretty realism
1: uh, action books. Yeah, his other and choice a- was a Tarzan comic. Um, yeah, you know, by, by Joe Ku- Kubert. Um, uh, yeah. We don't know how to pronounce anybody's name. I don't know so how to pronounce those. it. I think
0: it's Joe. I'm pretty sure. I think it's um, Joe, yeah. And yeah, uh, I mean, both great comic artists, like uh, geniuses in the field. But I was expecting something because Bone is sort of all ages, something like that. Or something fantasy related or something like that, I guess.
1: I would have guessed a duck comic or Pogo or something. And I'm sure he loves, I know that he loves those comics. But when he picked Batman, that was like, oh, that's really interesting. It's very it's very fun to see somebody who works in one genre to talk what they learned from maybe a different one. In the same sense,
0: it makes sense. Like a, the comic that got you hooked on comic books is almost always a superhero book.
1: Yeah. And if it's a superhero book, it's going to be Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Yeah. It's going to be a big guy. It's going to be a big gun. But Neil's passion for this comic has not diminished uh, since he first read it when he was a kid, so it's really fun to hear. And I read it for the first time for this interview. It was a great issue. Yeah, it's really great. So I guess without further ado, let's get into it. Please uh, enjoy our interview with Jeff Smith. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, We're so excited.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, man. Nice to see you, Will. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great to meet you virtually.
0: Uh, huge fan of your work. I have been for, uh, ages, man. I, uh, it's been forever. Uh, I got in
1: I first read bone because Kevin raved about it to me, like back in, I think the great cow race had just come out as a collection or something, or maybe just those issues Ooh, early 90s, early 90s. pretty early. Yeah. And Kevin was like, you got to read this. This is incredible. And I was like, no, no. I was like, and, um, we fell in love with it. We followed it the whole way through. So yeah, it, it was, uh, uh I
0: had just gotten into Scrooge, Uncle Scrooge comics, Carl Barks stuff uh, and and Don Rose and some of those other guys. And the comic shop I went to basically gave me, I think it was issue, it was either three or five. He just gave it to me. He's like, I think you'll like this. And I was like, okay. And then I had to come back and be like, all right, I need all the other ones. Uh, let's get started on this. I did like it. Uh, so it was a good comic shop, the sort of comic shop that knows how to promote stuff
2: I there know. were a lot of them back then <clears throat> there were a lot of really good shops yeah uh, we've lost a lot of oh, i know. Of yeah best retailers in the years since but that would that happened to me a lot i don't know bone somehow fell into a weird place in the comics zeitgeist that i wasn't expecting but the comics retailers they really made it what it is because mm-hmm. they did what what happened to you happened all across the country Retailers retailers started coming up to me and saying, I'm giving your book to people and I'm Mm -hmm. saying, if you don't like it, bring it back. And they never bring it back. (laughs) They come back and they do exactly what you said. So uh, I got very lucky. I don't know why that happened. Maybe they do that a lot when there's a good book. I don't know. but It 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 didn't happen to
0: me very much. There was very few. Every once in a while he would recommend something. It was one of the few things he just sort of tossed at me. Like I showed up for my poll list and he's like, I'm throwing this in. Uh, and that I don't think ever happened.
2: That's Uh, cool. That's great. What store was
0: it? It was called cave comics in, uh, Newton, Connecticut. So, um, kind of in the middle of nowhere, it was like half an hour from where I lived, but as I learned to drive, I would, my, my radius for what's a good shop. I could, I could go further and further to find a shop I really liked. Uh, And that's the one I ended up at.
2: When I was still in high school, uh, there was there were very few comic book shops. This was like in uh, the late seventies. Mm-hmm. There was a, a place called Monkey's Retreat, and it was mm-hmm. about five miles away from where I grew up. But me and my best friend that collected comic books, this we would most of the time we would ride all over town, just go to drugstores and stuff, which is
1: yeah.
2: So th- it was finding out that these comic book shops existed it was crazy. We would like take a bus. Yeah, it was like a huge adventure. Yeah, um, but well, just, boy, just,
1: boy, I am. We started going to comic shops in 83. That's when I was 13. And so, but before that, yeah, comics was catch as catch can. You bought whatever happened to be on the spinner rack when you were in the store. So it was really Mm. hard to follow a series. Or if you liked a series, it was really hard to get back issues. So to have a place where you knew you could reliably read the stuff that you liked was huge. And then even better, maybe be able to get back issues. And then even better... Have somebody who could recommend stuff and who also was a fan. I mean, it was huge, it was such a huge change for the for the fan. And also maybe
2: a really big cat sleeping on the long boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was a big, part of the comic shop too. Yeah, part <laughs> of the early ones. Uh yeah, I uh, know. We, we used to buy them um the, on there was be like an, um in a drugstore or something, there'd be a spinner rack, and there was a huge period I remember where uh people were like cutting the covers off to send they would just cut like the top third of the cover off the title mm-hmm. the logo and they'd mail it back in that they they were returns yeah which you couldn't do in comic book shops later but then they were like taking like three of those kind of either without a cover at all or like with only like a half cover and three of them in like and wrap them in, uh cellophane yeah and sell them all three of them to you for a quarter yeah. And, and those and you're always like trying to like see what's in the middle there go, oh there's <laughs> one i really want it oh you're gonna buy this so, uh it was but that was a drag because you don't you don't want your comic without a cover but right right, right. you take it if you couldn't get those missing uh, numbers so yeah
0: yeah and it's just you want the stories you want those issues if that's the way you get it that's the way you get it um part of the reason we're doing these interviews is where we uh we're talking to creators uh, and people have, about them as fans as much as creators. So this is a great topic already. How old were you when you started reading comics? Oh, did you lose my voice?
2: No, I just thought I would turn it down so that it would help oh. you Were And I, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, I started reading. Uh, well, I was like six years old when the Batman TV show came out. Okay. Uh, and... I was already into comics but it was more sunday comics like mm-hmm. peanuts and blondie and sure, right. all that kind of stuff um but yeah I, th- I think it was because of the batman show i noticed a batman comic book and i i got my mom to buy that for me and i think it was 15 cents or something yeah uh, and i actually still have that comic book i found it i recently thinned out some some of my library, not of just comics, but of books and everything. Yeah, and found that actual book. It was a Detective Comics. Wow. And, um, yeah, it, then I started. Then I started really getting into it, and I discovered, you know, Carl Barks and Donald Duck, and I really got into comics quite a bit.
1: So yeah, were you were you like a? So that means you read everything, or were there certain
2: things you gravitated towards, from uh, superhero well, kid, uh, no, or just a thing? I read everything, man. I read like you go through the the store I would go to. Now I'm talking about like I'm um, 8 years old riding my stingray bicycle with the <laughs> bananas, and, bananas. and where where are we talking in the country? I grew up in uh, Columbus, Ohio.
1: Okay.
0: Oh. Okay, so we we are Cleveland born boys?
2: Yeah. Oh, Cleveland boys. <laughs> Ohio boys though. Oh, that's, yeah, right, yeah. that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um so I'd ride my stingray bicycle up uh just it, it was a uh, maybe Three quarters of a mile, okay. uh, but it was this little drugstore, and you'd have to go up to the the counter and the 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 the, 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 the what do you call them the pharmacist or the cashier? Mm-hmm. Say, can I have the comic book box? They would get out this like cardboard <laughs> box, and the new, they'd be just like the comics were all just slammed in there, <laughs> and I just go take them and sit over. Uh, they had a little waiting area for the pharmacy, and you go through, pick through, and I love like. Uh, tarzan gold key comics they had painted covers lone ranger i love uh little lulu i loved uh i'm trying to think of the the friendly ghost and those oh, that,
1: characters
2: yeah oh, right like,
1: uh, hot stuff or whatever hot harvey I harvey, like, harvey i think those are
0: Har- those are the harvey characters yeah
2: the harvey characters. sad yeah. sack
1: richie rich are they
0: the
2: same oh I yeah magnus robot fighter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and um, but uh, but Batman was was my first uh, first thing I really got into, and I it was really the book I want to talk about tonight that kind of like crystallized everything. There was um, that book. Uh, I, I can't remember when it came out. It came out like seventy one. So it's very likely that I bought this at that store. Yeah, I would have been like a l- ten or eleven. Yeah, and it was uh, Batman number two thirty two. It's the issue written by Danny O'Neill and drawn by uh, Neil Adams. Yeah, and it's the first issue uh, that introduces Ra's al Ghul. Uh, And now, the reason I picked this issue for okay. us to talk about is yeah. because um, it's it's not so much this. Yeah, it is this issue, but really it was this crystallization point of this incredible run between. Danny O'Neill and Neil Adams on yeah. Batman. It started a few years earlier, and it went back and forth between Batman and Detective Comics. But it, I mean, it's I started noticing some this incredible artwork. Now, yeah. I wasn't really paying attention to the name or anything, but I was looking at the artwork. What is this? Yeah. I don't, you know, the way he was doing cross-hatching and yeah. um, doing some storytelling. But the, it came to a head in two thirty-two. Oh. Where this was it, yeah. I I looked at the name of the pencil. Yeah, did not. Never forgot it.
1: Now, were you already drawing as a kid? Like, were you already like a kid who liked to draw and stuff?
2: Yes, I did. But most of my interest was drawing. You know, Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge, or uh, Huckleberry Hound, or Woody Woodpecker, or Snoopy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is this was when I started to think this this is a new, this is real anatomy. This was so different. Mm -hmm. Now so different from anything to come before. And I, I had seen, um, Kirby and his fantastic four stuff. And I did like it. I was really, I was really taken aback by the thing. Yeah. (laughs) When when we were talking earlier, um, I mentioned that, that one of the first comic books I ever saw, I was at a friend's house in, in my neighborhood and, um, I'm thinking this is like 65, 66. Okay. And we were playing up in their bedroom and it was, it was, there was like a, the older brother had like a toy box. Yeah. But in it were all those comic books were all just jammed in there. Like if you pull yeah. them out, you tore off the cover and everything, but they had nobody cared back then. Right. But one of them, and I don't remember which, I've tried to identify which comic, which issue this was a Fantastic Four. And I think it's, I think I, I think it's around 56 or something. I'm not hundred percent sure. The prime I, era oh, prime era of ff oh it was prime and it was and it was when uh, i think it was just Senate it was ink and the thing yeah. and he and he had the real blocks yeah yeah instead of like kind of cheaty blocks or yeah, yeah. blobsy but i mean he looked like ben Grimm. yeah and i was a little bit terrified of this cuz like, <laughs> yeah. i mean i didn't know he was a good guy he right. was a, that was a scary looking thing yeah the, <laughs> and uh, so, so that, that was really good. In fact, um, the first time I ever saw Spider-Man was when Aurora put out some model kits around right. the same time. Uh, and there was a, it, there was some, one of my friends had a Spider-Man model kit where he's like on a railing and he's, he's, he's got the, who's the hunter? Craven the, Craven hunter, the, Craven the hunter. hunter. He yeah. was on the ground and he had a web that went down there and I'm like, Who's the good guy in this? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I did not know that those characters. I don't know if anybody realizes how weird it was. Marvel's heroes were really scary and yeah, not they're not Superman. They're, yeah.
1: They were they were not traditional for their time. Um so i I just saw that someone had just posted a
0: photo of that model on some on Twitter or a blog or something because I just saw that uh, uh it's really crazy that you talked about that anyway. I just so I know what that looks like. I can picture it in my head perfectly.
2: It was a really weird looking model, every part of it. Oh yeah, it's a strange what's happening? They're in a haunted yeah. house. they're in somebody's house. What's going on? <laughs> they broke in to have their fight, I guess.
1: I feel like Neil Adams is one of those guys that is just like you know, one of the giants, uh, in terms of just like his artwork is the kind of artwork that the first time you see it, you remember it. Like it's such a distinctive style. There's other like superhero artists. I think that for whatever reason they go, they go more unnoticed or something, but some people have this distinctive style that you notice right away. And Neil Adams is, I mean, to me, when I think of Comic book Batman. I'm picturing Neil Adams Batman, huge pointy ears, yeah. <laughs> an infinitely long cape, somehow yeah. shadowy, you know, noir-ish Gotham. Like that's that's what I picture in my head.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, and at the time, it was so radically different from what 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 DC was doing normally. I mean, Carmen Infantino had kind of brought it away from. The '40s and '50s look, which is that really blocky mm-hmm. Bob Kane look, but uh, but what else was going on was you know John Romita Sr. and Kirby and Carmen Infantino and a few other people at DC, but nothing, nothing looked like Neil Adams. Yeah, I mean he would. Um, I'm. I know we're not. Nobody can see us, but you can see me. But do things. Yes. Like, do this and now uh, you're sticking your and hand in the right. foreground the of the camera right. yeah the knuckles were right yeah I'm, I'm i'm putting my hand really close to the camera in yeah, yeah super forced perspective but he had all the knuckles right all the everything everything was great and then dick giordano was of course uh, as important to this team as anything because his inking was fantastic so yeah so it wasn't it wasn't just how good he was it was how shocking Different it was from anything else at the time, and yeah. there's more to it than that. There's the, he started to do panel to panel progression. Like, I don't know if you want to actually kind of go through this issue if you have it around. We do that
1: a little bit. Let's do it. Um, we we often do that with the issues we like. Um, right. Yeah. So this is. Um, I'll just say. So we would have talked about this in the intro, but this is Batman issue two thirty two. It's the debut of Raja Ghoul. and the the overall story basically is that Robin is kidnapped. And then Batman is approached by the then brand new character Raja Ghul, to who says that his daughter has also been kidnapped, and so Batman and Rajah Ghul team up to go find them. That's that's the arc of the story. Yeah, of that's this right. issue.
2: But just starting with the cover, the uh, it's very different from. Uh, I mean, that's a different cover. That's sort of like uh, the, the. I heard you guys talking today on one of your podcasts about the the photo montages that Kirby used to do, and you're like, wow. "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of the similar kind of thing, where it's obviously like a, a pencil or a charcoal drawing of some kind of Roz gigantic in the background with yeah. Batman and Robin in the foreground, drawn you know pen and ink. Uh,
1: yeah. So that caught my attention right away. Yeah, there's a huge contrast between these, like, sort of more standard illustration of Batman and Robin and this, like, chalk background or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it really stands yeah. out.
0: And it's this flushed color, too. It would be eye-catching on a spinner rack or uh, with stacked with magazines or something like that.
1: So we yeah. love this cover, right? Kevin and I often, like, evaluate the covers of the issues. This is a great cover, right? This I do is love like, the cover.
2: It gives away that
0: he's the bad guy right away, but... <laughs>
2: Well, that's true. But you know what? I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, fact, the fact that it, well, I was 11. <laughs> yeah. but, also
1: but also at also, this time, the cover was not always exactly accurate to the story. So I think you kind of learned to, oh, uh, when I, when I actually open this up and read it, it might be a little bit different than what it's portraying. So it's, it's, it's not a spoiler because it's an
2: unreliable narrator. I mean, it's the guy. That is, that is completely accurate.
0: And it certainly doesn't fit what happens in the story. There's this dialogue where Rachel's saying, when I decide Robin must die, he dies. That has yeah. nothing to really do with really what happens here at all.
1: Um, let's um, get into it. So let's open up. We go to our page right. one. I mean, this is already such a beautiful comic, right? Um,
0: oh, yeah, it's, no. it's a great use of blacks and shadows as Robin, uh, the uh, well, teen see,
2: <laughs> This This, I think, is one of the first times Robin's mask didn't go all the way around. This is where this I believe is the one oh, wow. it's stuck on the mask. I, I I'm, I'm I live in QS half the year, which is where I'm at right now. So I I could not go into my I have I've almost no comics left except my Batman's, but I couldn't go back and double check this. But my <laughs> memory is that I'd never seen anything like that. Like his mask was just a stick-on or whatever. The
0: domino, yeah.
2: But that's a beautiful, but he didn't even make it black there where the sun, the flashlights lighted up. That's amazing. And really, I was caught right there, panel two, right at the top. Robin's knee is his, he's putting his knee over the windowsill to climb into. Yeah. He's he's sneaking back into his college dorm. Right,
1: Robin is sneaking back into the the New York University equivalent, which is Hudson University, right. uh, sneaking back in his dorm at night. And so the second panel as he's climbing his window. But, man, what a first of all it's a menacing looking shot of robin he looks like i thought he was a bad guy at first glance until yeah. i saw the little r insignia exactly well he's, yet, he's sneaking. he's, he's a sneaking sneak. He yeah, doesn't want to get caught by but that know, drawing
2: he, right there that knee yeah that blew my mind that blew my little 11 year old mind i had <laughs> never seen a drama <laughs> like that i love i it. mean nobody even would try to do that they would just draw like a big round thing with a couple of lines or something that blew my mind and of course it it just goes on and on the artwork i'll go crazy every page if we don't get something to go by
0: (laughs) yeah this this thing about neil adams also his artwork is like this is a weird word to say but it's like pretty like uh the characters are all good looking and real and and Mm. uh uh, but without losing the dine then that dynamic nature of what you want from a comic book it's still explosive
2: yeah they are every panel is beautiful There's oh, yeah. real acting in Neil's things. I mean, sometimes it's overacting, <laughs> but prior to that, you, I mean, I mean, Kirby, I wouldn't call what his characters do as acting except it is, but there's, not, really. there's, there's I mean, not as
1: much facial expression in a Kirby, like a, exactly. in Neil Adams, you're going to see like every three pages, somebody's in total anguish. Well, yeah, and, somebody and is mildly so- surprised suppli- in a Neil Adams comic, their jaw is completely dropped
2: this comic book has a ton of that, in it. Some of it, where he's just like, oh, we'll, we'll get to that.
1: And also and I, on the on this page, the contrast between the first two panels are in blue. The blue night sky, Robin is in ink, and then there's there's two guys in his dorm room who are firing guns at him, and the muzzle flares give the panel uh, the panel yellow lights.
0: lights.
2: Yeah, uh, now this now I, you're looking at the same thing I am, which is for this podcast, I uh, I had to download it. Um, yeah we're watching we're looking
0: at the digital version yeah
2: as this is a digital version i and this is i, I do not like the digital versions of <laughs> Neil Adams stuff uh this is not a bad one this is actually pretty good but uh most of the most of them are he's gone back in and recolored it and they're they obscure the line work mm. they're, they're horrible mm. uh, and and then there's places where you can tell he had a peel uh like zip off or something and just had Tore the paper off and had to redraw it, and it looked terrible. Oh, interesting! Uh, this this is one of the best. This book's fared it pretty well. It's, this is okay. better than usual. So, yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to point out, like, so
1: I, we we love hearing stuff like that. Like one of one of the, another reason we want to talk to people who actually make comics, is I feel like your eyes a little bit a little bit different than a casual reader would be in terms of thinking about it, in terms of the crafting of the page and. So when you're mentioning yeah. like it, peeling zipatone off and ripping the page, when you say that, I'm like, oh,
2: oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you're an artist, like, you're seeing where, it. Like, you know, he would, Neil would put like a, well, sort of like he did with Robin in the first panel here, where the center of his face is in shadow, yeah. because he's coming into the dark room. Right. Neil would often put uh, zipatone down and draw like shadow, you know, edge lines where where to to represent where that light would be. Well, when he colored it, when he insisted on recoloring, uh, he would, he was ripping those off and, you know, he lost the face, but he would draw them back in and they were terrible, probably, probably <laughs> could have ripped up paper. I'm speculating on that. I mean, I, so guess here's I, I, channel, I guess I talking,
0: like that DC lets him do what he wants since it's his art, but uh, it's yeah, too I bad. Like, you, I, you want I the don't. reproductions to be... <laughs> They, you'd be feel like head they're head. still on newspaper print if that's when they were originally out. Like they should look similar to the original version.
1: If you were in charge, no, Jeff, you'd be like, it's, get it's, away, I'm, Neil. You're done. You're not touching this.
2: <laughs> get a, yeah, Neil. Just go ahead and do it. But sell. Just sell me. Well, here's the good thing. I still have the comic book. I could. That's do right.
1: That. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So we go to the next page, and we're going to cut to Wayne. Not Wayne Manor, but Wayne Penthouse. Uh, Bruce Wayne is staying in Gotham City, as opposed to his like. Manner, and he's talking to Alfred, and this is where he finds out that Robin's been kidnapped.
2: Yeah, and I'll just say that just like a year or two earlier, it was a big deal that Robin went off to college, <laughs> and Batman shut down the Batcave. There's a very dramatic Neil Adams cover. He didn't draw the issue, but very great. It was an excellent cover. <laughs> he coming out of the Batcave, and it's sort of like it, behind you know you, behind him, you can see the the Batcave with a penny. And uh, <laughs> stuff that I I had never seen before. but so you really... what I'm struck by is you are a hardcore fan.
1: You like remember oh, yeah. like this story like as it came out and stuff like. Oh that. yes, very much. Oh, <laughs> I th-
2: like it. I said, this was this was this was just the pinnacle issue yeah. of a run uh, with Adams that yeah that transformed you love me. I, yeah. I mean, it's probably why I'm in comic books to be honest. Ooh, I love it, but is it, is, but it's not only here goes here, but like just like a a year later was a uh, Razagul comes back and it's like a a four issue story arc uh where Raz where we we, we learn about the Lazarus pit for the first time that he lives forever uh, basically yeah so i mean and and the and that's when uh, Talia I, they really start their relationship it's, but it was it's, but, this, but this whole thing was like a I was obsessed with this. I and mean, it was, Ke- I had to ride my bike everywhere to get all these issues.
1: It was really. <laughs> Kevin was pointing um, out to me that the animated series adapted this issue. And the next. Did they?
0: Uh huh. Yes. This, uh, this issue was the, uh, what the animated series did for the first appearance of Rachel Gould. Uh, Like, cause I, I had never read this issue before. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, Oh, I know all these story beats. I know this Ubu, not letting Batman go first. It all like rang familiar to me. And so I had to look it up right away. And it's, they adapted it. I mean, it's not Neil Adams art style when they adapted, obviously, but
1: but it proves that this to is this more. is a, a seminal issue in the eyes of many fans. Like yeah. Other other well, people were like, This is a
2: big one. That's why when uh I wrote or responded to your email, or Kathleen did, I, I put in two choices because I thought maybe somebody would have already talked about this, but I I, I know.
0: I love we, it. we don't get uh, uh, a lot of – we get – more people are asking for Marvel stuff, but also the DC stuff is generally more recent That from people we've talked to. Um, I find it very interesting that this stuff jumped around. You said it jumped from like Detective Comics to Batman because uh, as this issue ended, I was like, oh, I wonder what the next issue is. And the next issue is like almost all
2: reprints, uh, yeah, the
0: 233. Yeah. And the, and the fact
2: that this – I mean, I'm not, i not have this exactly right, but my memory is that the next Neil Adams book after this was – Probably a Detective Comics, like three ninety seven, and then four hundred, which was Man Bat. Mm. It's so, just
0: crazy to me that as collectors, like you're just like, I, I wonder when this is continued because the way this issue ends, I'm like, this goes into the next issue. This will yeah, immediately no. pick up.
2: No, uh, uh, like a year later, it picked up. Uh, oh and God. so
0: it just must have been like you're just sitting around waiting for the next. Well, uh, no, it wasn't
2: like that. In fact, in fact. <laughs> It was. There's later in this issue. We'll we'll start to see a couple things that I I that click something in my brain. Um, let's well let's keep going. I'll wait till we get there. Okay. Sure. So on here the we next are. Page, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You can describe it.
1: Well, I'm just because uh, we made the dumb dumb decision of doing a podcast on a visual medium. So we like to summarize just enough of the plot that somebody could just kind of know what's going on. So on this, I guess this is the splash page, page two. Bruce find, Bruce has been given a photograph of a kidnapped Robin, and so he realizes he has to go save him. Right. Um, do we want to say anything else on this page, or should we go to? No, page I
0: think three? we can go to a pretty good clip and slow down where it strikes us.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah Jeff. Will Will anything you want to talk about, we'll get to, and otherwise, we'll 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 move. All further. right.
2: Well, on the very next page is the giant penny and the <laughs> grandfather clock. Yeah. Okay. Th- that. He's going back to Wayne Manor, which he'd abandoned. Yeah. Uh, And so for the first time in a couple of years, he's going back to the Batcave, which is, as a reader, that was kind of exciting. Yeah. And all this stuff where the giant penny, although in this digital edition, they actually put a penny in there. That's annoying. It was actually drawn in the first one.
1: (laughs) Well, Kevin and I are looking at, I think, a scan of the issue. So we're not looking at the digitally retouched one, right, Kevin? Oh, are you, Yeah,
0: we're, we're not looking at the Neil Adams collection. We're looking yeah. at a single Kevin issue. and I are looking at somebody
1: reprint. scanned the actual
2: print. So we're looking at a
1: drawn penny.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. how wh- You got to tell me after we get down here where I can find that. <laughs> but anyway, but that's, but that's, but this is a crazy idea. So we're going, so Batman right before this run was still pretty much like the one on TV. And then suddenly his cape is more alive. It's more bat like it does things. It flows. Um, we're going back to the Batcave. I mean, it's just kind of reclaiming Batman quite a bit. Yeah. Uh,
1: so we see the giant anyway, penny. We see him entering via the grandfather clock hidden entrance to get to the Bat
2: Cave. Yeah, which I didn't understand that that was the way that really was in the comics when I was reading it at the time. I'm just like, what's going on? This is so cool. <laughs> and then uh, and then we can move a little forward. Uh, sure. So... The big yeah. early surprise is that uh, this guy shows up, Raz. Yeah. Like, uh, you guys are pronouncing it different than I. Maybe yeah, I don't. I, I no, hear both we ways, don't, we don't and I don't know say. which
0: is the right way. I hear Raish and I hear Raz.
2: I, I I say Raz just because that's how I I, ne- I never heard that yeah. out loud. That's how I'm saying. Um, anyway, so he shows up in the Batcave and has deduced who Batman is, and that idea I thought that's what, look at that. Batman says, All right, you got me. And he pulls his head off because this is serious. This guy's daughter's kidnapped. Yeah. They got to work together. Yeah, he pulls it's his also, mask
0: off very quickly.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he goes pretty, he, he does give in a little easier. It did seem like that to me. Too. <laughs> um,
1: but but said, I guess that it's, a, uh, it's an interesting way to establish a new character. Like, just right away, he knows who Batman is. Like, the, the jig is up right away. It does would, make Raj seem like very formidable, just like he kind of has the upper hand immediately.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It was impressive. And he also says, you found out that Bruce Wayne alone bought what the Batman had to have, which is now, uh, that's a trope that's in, like, the movies and stuff, right? Yeah. But that's the first time i would ever seen that. And then we see Talia for the first time.
1: I do think it's a thing, like, as comic characters last a long time and new generations of creators take over the title, they start to answer the questions they had, like, as kids, like, when Bob Kane and 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 Bill Finger and whoever are doing the original Batman stories, it's just good guy versus bad guy. We're not going to worry about poking holes in the logic of the mythology because the mythology at that point is a year old, two years old. Who cares? Right. Now here we are in 1971. You know, maybe this is something that like the editor, Julius Schwartz, said to somebody. It's like, you know, somebody would have figured out who Batman is. Like yeah. if Batman was dry, if Batman was in our world and he's driving around in an electric car going into space, we'd be like, he's got some connection to Elon Musk, right? Because uh, he's, Elon, Elon he's using all mm-hmm. of Musk stuff like. <laughs>
2: right. Exactly. So, um, um, you know, well, you- so as we go, as we go ahead, uh, we don't need to dwell on too much. Uh, the drawings are all amazing. Uh, he pulls the dust cloth off of some of his old back computers.
1: And the cape's I- going over the panel border here.
2: Oh, I didn't even notice. That.
1: I feel like that's something yeah. Neil Adams does a lot, where he breaks the panel border all the time. He does, he does, and arms reach across borders and stuff. And oh,
2: yeah, sometimes I don't really. I think he goes too far, but oh yeah, <laughs> but um, but but like here, yeah, you're looking at this page. There's strangely different uh, widths of the gutters and that second. Yeah, panel. he's not
0: using the uh, the the nine panel or six panel grid,
2: right? Which I like that, and then. I I never saw this before. In the middle tier, his back goes over into the previous panel. Yes, that's right.
1: From my memory of reading Neil Adams stuff as a kid, I'm nowhere near the fan you are, Jeff, nor do I have any <laughs> drawing ability at all. But that, that is something I remember about his stuff is the panels were crazy. I was also a fan of Deadman comics that yeah. Neil drew. And I feel like yeah. he was even crazier in Deadman, like stuff Yeah, but truly in, like but in
2: dead man it worked because it's Deadman. He's, he's like a ghost. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But there's yeah, there are times when he's like falling through his own. F- panels that made his face or something. I can't remember. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. That was crazy stuff.
0: I think what you're saying so. though. If, 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 all these panels are exploding out of every panel, it's hard for anything to have an impact and it just starts getting a little busy here. It's relatively restrained and, and uh, it's small here yeah. and there. And so it just adds to the the flow of the page. Well, and, and
2: also uh, what, what's happening here is he's being a detective using his uh, Yeah. Whatever kind of spectrograph, whatever. Like, it's for, yeah, spectrograph. he's
1: doing like some forensic examination
2: and then cross That's kind of cool. I love that it. hadn't happened in a while. So okay, so on the next page here, which is mm-hmm. page six of the comic. Okay, this was a big, big deal. This had a huge impact on me. Oh, this is a this is a retelling, almost panel by panel, of Batman's origin story, right. which we all know by heart now. Yeah, but yeah. This was brand new information to be. <laughs> this was brand new information, and also really? Batman. See Batman's face there. I learned later that that was a very—I mean, he was the the Batman number one, where the first time this origin story was told, the first panel is Batman flying in a gyrocopter. Okay, but but that's what his face looks like. He's got that huh. no no blue, just a dive down to a black mask, right? And it's pretty much in exactly that same. Proportion to uh, the story that starts to take place.
0: So, like this little image of Batman remembering seems to be an homage or, or a yeah. sort of replication of the first
2: time
1: this origin was yes. told. Yeah, really, true.
2: really the one above. It's the one, the one in w- when Roz is talking to him. Oh, him okay. Yeah. So, just to tell and our, our readers, like
1: Batman and Roz are on a plane flying to where they think Talia and Robin are being kidnapped. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly Batman- a private jet, probably a Wayne Wayne jet. And uh, it could be Ross is also super I think, rich, I think, right? I think yeah. yeah, I think he's funding this expedition. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, just and also as a fifty year old man, I'm glad to see a, a super villain with a nice receding hairline. I like when <laughs> I like when yeah, our villains are nice. representing the older generation. You know, we we too can be fearsome and evil. Um, so we get into Ooh. a flashback of Batman's origin. So you, as a kid, this is when you learned Batman's origin.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not amazing. like his origin
0: was on the TV show. The '66 TV show is not yeah, going to get no, into the death of it, his parents. Mentioned
2: it, they mentioned it once, just that his parents were murdered. Bruce Wayne's yeah. parents. Oh were wow! Not, they don't show anything or explain anything.
0: Yeah, it's that's not the show for it.
2: <laughs> no, no. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so this is a retelling of it. Uh, it's very. Some of the images are very close to what were in the original one. Like uh, it kind of. If you go to the next page. Um, we're, we're now, oh, the premise here of him telling the, rethinking the origin is that, what was it? Uh, I I think he's trained himself to, to not be emotional, to take his crime fighting job seriously. Yeah. It's a pretty slim,
0: it's a pretty slim reason to remember this origin, but I think there's one to get it in there. It's nice to have it.
2: I agree. But it's, it was just one more beautiful thing packed into this great, great issue. So here, so we're seeing, uh, you know, he. He's a child. He grows up. He learns science. He's, there's pictures of him in a lab with a test tube. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, equally long, equally brutal hours in the gym, training, developing every conceivable sort of skill. Look at that drawing, man. I was like, man, I've never seen a drawing like that in a comic book. You're talking there's about drawing Bruce
1: Wayne with the power lifting the bar. Yeah, Bruce
2: Wayne uh, on the profile power lift. I'm like, wow. I, he actually understands how like back muscles work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think so, you know, and I, as I'm an amateur, Kevin does some drawing actually, but I, I I don't do any. But I'll say that I do notice like how some artists seem to when they're drawing, they kind of find excuses to do like anatomical like challenges. Like yeah. they look, they, they draw something on purpose to I don't, either to show off or because they like the challenge of can I draw this? I feel like Ditko would do that a lot. With Spider Man acrobatics that he would try to, well, what would a man's body really look like if they were doing, you know, this crazy flip off of a flagpole in a building or something like that? I'm not just gonna stretch and cheat and do it because I'm allowed to. I'm gonna all right, what what would a human body look like? Of course, I don't know if that's what these guys are actually saying, but as a reader, I definitely notice when stuff is like anatomically like I don't know, real looking.
2: Yeah. Well, know. okay, well, let's go on because yeah. um, he, he segs into uh, the origin of Robin, too. Now, that yes. kind of makes sense because he's worried about Robin. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that origin makes a little more sense. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and then we land. And also, we're in a James Bond movie. We're in Cairo <laughs> or something. I don't know. Where, where are we? Cal- it says, oh, we're in India. We're in Calcutta. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, this story is uh, makes a uh, plays up the world trotting side of Batman, which is such a weird side of him, because uh, he seems like such a I stay in Gotham and I fight crime, and here he is like, visiting all these different countries. But yeah, he uh disguises himself as like a a hermit Begur, or not a hermit, like a, a, a beggar. beggar. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, for the Bat- love of Allah. Yeah, and Batman he, is. He's a copy of, not a copy of, he takes inspiration from Sherlock Holmes. Like Sherlock Holmes would do a lot of like disguises in his like yes, casework. Yeah, so be would in Robin the streets Hood. of London.
2: Yeah. That's a very it's, I mean, but but the comic book Batman didn't really do a lot of that in the previous years I'd been reading it. Yeah. And that drawing right there on the right hand side, halfway down, where he's flinging off his robe. Yes. That is a perspective and an angle on a superhero shot that. It was absolutely no one did that. Nobody did that. <laughs> Hubert didn't do that. Kirby didn't do that. That was just that was just a shock to me. Uh, as an as an artist, following up with sorry. the second the panel right after that, where uh, now we've gone from like a like a bird's eye view to like we are right under this guy getting a gut punch, and the 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 transition between those two images is very very powerful, and very fast. Right. And it from, feels like he's really punching him and he's really strong. From
0: from very high to like very low. Yeah. Um, as an artist, where did Batman hide his ears when he's disguised <laughs> as the beggar? Where did his bat ears go? <laughs> They're I so they so long. This
2: is a heck of a costume. <laughs> yeah. They were just, they were just kind of pushed that's, down. That's he, he combs he's in, them back. Yeah, he he combs him. Combs <laughs> him back
1: what that. is in the old man costume, even though it's from a distance, you can see his face. Has like skin, (laughs) no mask. Yeah. Then he flips the robot, and he's instantly in his cowl and cape. That is an amazing disguise, right? Yeah.
2: I have, I've actually seen. um, You know, Neil will make mistakes sometimes. Like he'll put something there that wasn't there before. Yeah. This is not a particularly stunning example of what I'm talking about, but he'll do things that aren't right. And I've seen read in interviews where he said, "Who cares?" (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's right it <laughs> you does, just it, read it and go <laughs> it
1: does not bump me at all when I'm reading the no. story like all he's right. absolutely I'm being a a uh, stinker like cause it doesn't yeah, bother me even one bit
0: yeah it's fun to look at that stuff I don't care about it either
1: and we will be right back after this break
0: Reach out and tell us anything, honestly,
1: and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. This next page where Batman's got the thug and he's like got, you know, he's grabbing him by his collar and hoisting him up to his face. What a, I think that's such a beautiful
2: drawing. Again, this crazy forced perspective where we were so much closer to his foot <laughs> and his yeah. foot again, there's no panel border here. So we're, he's, he just got rid of that, that border line. Yeah. and his right. He, so he's holding the guy up against the wall with, with his, his left, left arm. hand, with his right arm is is cocked back to punch him or to threaten to punch him while he's asking him, look at the bat shapes on his arm. Nobody did that either. You just cheated him wherever, whichever way his arm was facing. Yeah, he just drew his thing sticking out from the side.
0: Right, those yeah. like little. He stuff.
2: drew them right where they go, and they're yeah. casting a shadow. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> that guy. I, I mean, he was just crazy. He was so good. He, I mean, he do he knew how what the arm, muscles in the forearm looked like accurately. Yeah. And he was he never cheated on shadows, so like. Yeah, like the guy who's he's held, holding up against the wall is you know is holding his is holding Batman's wrist you know trying to breathe probably, uh, but look at he drew the shadows of that guy's arm, that's very hard to do that's very difficult.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, the right. lighting the lighting is incredible. I, the the use of the ground is like the gutter the comic gutter is really cool as you said like there's no real gutter it's sort of a panelist thing, but the ground sort of becomes one by de facto and he's like standing yeah. in it. It's really
1: cool. I remember somebody, Jamie Hernandez, the the illustrator of love and rockets comics or Jaime Hernandez, I guess is, is how his name is pronounced. I heard, I read an interview with him where he was raving about Steve Ditko. And he talked about that Ditko always minded the folds and the clothes that like, <sighs> if somebody had like baggy pants or tight, something that he always sort of made those realistic. And I think Neil's doing that too. Like in this next panel where, is it Ubu the the bodyguard oh, of yeah. Raza Ghul? he's got yeah. kind of like flowing uh he's, sort got, he's of, got his
2: parachute cha- yeah he's pants got his
1: parachute on. pants on <laughs> but there seem to be sort of meticulously drawn folds in them not not like busy or whatever but just kind of like accurate and it, and no, it he's just...
2: no look at look at the panel we were just looking at with the guy up against the wall look at the wrinkles around his pant leg Knees. yeah incredible yeah yeah I mean he's he's always the capes always look believable like Raza ghoul's where Batman is like stepping over like a uh, the sewer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Batman's the capes cape, flow. Batman's cape is is a is like a bat is alive like a bat w- yeah. wing or something. But Raz is, is a very realistic cape hanging yeah. down. There.
0: Um It's not art related, but this plan that Batman had makes no sense to me. <laughs> he was he. It was a long shot that I'd attract someone who had the information.
2: Fortunately. <laughs> you know, Fortunately. He just,
0: he just walked around begging for money until someone attacked him, and then asked that guy for yeah. information and got it. That's yeah. a and he's
1: in Calcutta. That's a big city. He's not walking yeah. around like a little town where there's like five toughs. He's in a city of millions of people, and his first guy is right on the money. He's got yeah. the info. Hey, he's Batman. Well,
2: now, now, now. Maybe he has been doing this for a few days. We don't know. Yeah, We might not have saw, we <laughs> might not have yeah. saw the they cut, they cut well,
0: out the uh the missed attempts.
2: What's yeah. funny, what's funny though, is that Danny O'Neill decided to acknowledge that that was lame. <laughs> that yeah. was a long shot. Yeah,
1: when writers have to do that in speech balloons, they feel like, this is such a big leap, I have to cover it in the dialogue.
2: <laughs> but he says, fortunately, it paid off.
1: Yeah, yep, we, can, <laughs> we can
2: move on. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on, too. So they go into... Um, they go they go to wherever they were sent to, and they go yeah. inside. And this is part of the story. It's I don't... It, it, Ubu, the whole time, has always looked like he's like a foot taller than Batman. He's a big brood. He's, his, he's Roz's, uh, bodyguard. Yeah. He's always like saying, no, you let the, my master go first. You let my master go first. Well, this time Batman goes in first. Oh, they don't really talk about it. Yeah. It's underplayed. I thought that was a clever little, I thought that was, a, that was it's really clever.
0: And that's where I realized I'd seen this before. Cause I remember that moment from the cartoon very strongly, uh, Batman being like, Oh, you let me go first. Yeah and that's how i knew this was a setup uh so once this happened i was like oh i've se- i I've- this is a cartoon that i've seen where well, uh,
2: well and so, so so then he's so there was a, a leopard waiting yeah. in the darkness to attack and batman fights it and i i tell you when i was 11 i'm like Totally. If I get attacked like by a leopard, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Batman, Batman jams his uh, the leaping leopard is coming around right him in the air. That man yeah. jams his elbow like way down his throat. Yeah, he, he is chewing on his elbow, but he hasn't. But he's lost kind of his. And then yeah. Batman gets his. Wrapped his legs around his... Like he like could do any of this. But yeah. I was like, I totally... I'm ready I, if I ever get attacked by a and This was the first
1: time I read this comic, and I, I love the detail of this fight. A lot of times in comic fights, you know, something happens, there's a couple panels, the punches thrown, and the fight's over. This goes into, like, slow motion, and it shows his, like, plan of attack and, you know, how Batman is thinking as well as fighting. I totally love it. And talking about I, this... Neil Adams acting, too. Batman's face is really expressive when the... um when the leopard first leaps
2: at him. Yeah, he is, tear. he is, he's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is, okay. So this is the first example of something in this book that was brand new and really clicked for me. Yeah. So I, this this affected the way I make comics. The way you said it, it was almost like, let's see this fight. let motion see it, yeah. play out in the right ratio of panels that we see because usually it's just you know, bam pop pow even in any comedy not just batman yeah Uh, a fight is just a quick fight with how many panels and nobody's in the same position but this this followed it through and you really did follow it
1: yeah it's kind of like Um, how would batman beat a jungle cat here's how he jams his arm in the mouth so he can't get bitten sidesteps so the claws don't disembowel him and that gives him enough time to tuck and roll and get his legs around the body of it, so the rear the rear paws can't
2: claw him. Yeah, yeah. It I, kind I, of I, brutally 11, snaps I, his neck. Yeah, and when I was 11, I was sure I could do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, now you know. Now you know how to. If you set to have that reaction speed, that's the only thing.
2: <laughs> Jeff, yeah.
1: we have a surprise for you. We've arranged for a leopard to attack you right now, so we can see how you react.
2: So the next page, we're now. Um, I don't know how did they how did they get from well, there be, to here? Well, because so, they
1: defeated the leopard, they can now oh, access the, the information, which includes a map,
2: which which has hmm something interesting. A faint scratch on the paper, as though someone with a long fingernail traced a route. So he Batman notices a fingernail. Yep. Crease on yeah. the map, and that's what they follow. Okay, that, that
0: detail is also in the animated series. They kept that detail in.
2: No kidding. Yeah, I would have worked on something better than that.
1: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but it is like Batman the detective, right? They're trying to, I think, like give equal time to like Batman the like badass physical fighter and like Batman the analytical detective. Which, when you're a kid, that's exciting. Like you like yeah. to see Batman
2: show well, it was, and Batman, detectives. Batman was not like that. He was more like a detective on the TV show than he was in the comic. Yeah, I mean, at least he went back and, and made ludicrous leaps of logic. Like, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in the comic, he was he never did anything any detective stuff. So again, this is like this is like the first day, time this was coming back. Yeah. Uh, so the next page has a crazy. Uh, they're now somewhere in the Himalayas. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I love ba- <laughs> I love Batman in a coat. I love a okay, cowl that, with a coat.
2: That is that was so cool. That was so cool. That Batman would actually have a parka on. That suddenly that seemed very realistic. Yeah. Suddenly, this comic, this comic is realistic. Yeah. The uh, Calcutta looked realistic. This is realistic. Up until now, Batman would chase villains on skis in his bat leotards. Yeah. Nice, nice little uh, rock face up there. Yeah, that's weird.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> like the mountain has like a face carved in it. I guess it's, it's not uh, really commented on.
2: No, it's not. I don't think it's really there. He just drew it. I don't think he, if you noticed it. Um, the one I'm looking at, which has the computer color and kind of emphasizes the face a little bit. I don't know what you're seeing.
0: It's pretty clear in ours as well that it's a face. Yeah,
2: but yeah. well you can see the face, but in the my memory is that it was more one color. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: it's it's like one color, I guess. Maybe yeah. two. Well, could you know.
2: hold it up to the camera? Let me see. Oh, uh, Let sure. see if what you have is different. Uh, Sure. Uh, Let's see. Let's see if it. Oh my God! That's the that's the real deal. Yeah, the face is pretty obvious. (laughs) Look what I'm look what I'm looking at. I'm I'm going into a
1: new realm of inaccessibility for puppies. I do (laughs) want to see this. Oh yeah, it's way. They've really made it pop with the colors. Way more.
2: Not only that, but if you can see, there's some kind of crazy computer modeling in the mountain rocks.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's way more detail in yours.
0: Yeah, and the the, the, the background is blue instead of, like, yellow. The colors yeah, have
2: changed a lot. Yeah, it's it's changed, and I don't like it. I yeah. like the original.
1: So, oh, anyway,
2: sorry. I mean, not, sorry well, this sorry, is a podcast beautiful was,
1: panel yeah. originally. This
2: is a beautiful, uh,
1: the one we're looking at, Kevin and I are looking at the scan of the, I don't know, why change it? It's so, it's working. It's so good. You know, I, there's I, ma- magic as like, that work I'm,
2: I'm DC. I'm glad I, I, that they let him do what he wants. I suppose. Yeah. I I think this is sacrilege. <laughs> I don't care that it's Neil doing it. It's not good. So, but when I actually found out about that, because the the Batman, the big hardcover collections were coming out. Yeah. I was so excited, but I got the first of them I'm like. I know, I have every line memorized in my <laughs> These are not the same drawings. These are yeah. redrawn and they're not drawn as well. And I asked uh, the editor in chief at the time was uh, Mike Carlson and he's yeah. who I was working with on Shazam. And he was just like, well, that's what Neil wants to do. And if that's what Neil wants to do, that's what he yeah. wants to
0: do. Yeah, they're, his, they're, I, his, uh, they're collected with his name on the cover. So I guess you want him to be happy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm just sad that he did it. But I still worship the ground he on. <laughs> I sort
0: of think All the right. nice thing about this stuff is that, like, uh, I think about this with, like, uh, Lucas movies and things like that. When uh, people are like, oh, I don't like the new versions of this. and I don't like this changes. The originals will come back at some point. Who knows when it'll be. But at some point, someone will do these faithful reprints. Uh, just can, it'll be can, we geek
2: out, can we geek out on Yeah, yeah one second? Sure. Yes. So I, I, most of the changes that he made in those new editions, the special editions, or whatever he calls them, didn't, didn't bother me. Okay. Except for in the very beginning of the first movie, hmm. where he just did, there was just, you know, Han, not shooting first, that that bugged me. Yeah. Um, there was some, like, really scary. Goofy stuff when they're going into town and the like, lots of aliens extra, and robots. Yeah, yeah lots it was of funny, and yeah, it's supposed to be funny. Like, ah, I got the yeah, little yeah. Ewok got thrown around by the bucking dinosaur or something. Right, <laughs> and and that whole ex- just lengthening that just didn't add yeah. to anything. It actually just made it goofy. Right? Yeah, and Han Solo stepping on Jabba the Hutt's tail. Right. Yeah, that, I mean that just took away all of his all the danger that java represents yeah so what i so here's what i do when i feel like watching them like sometimes when i'm aching i'll watch uh watch some i'll watch movies and stuff and when i watch star wars uh i don't remember how long ago it was but a few years ago he lucas released a box set of dvds of the special edition but yep. on each one he had a really crappy version of the theatrical thing. right so that's he didn't the, it's not that's the he version has, I have. Do you
0: Okay, I, yeah, have, I have those DVDs.
2: It. So here here's here's my tip. <laughs> Watch the first movie on that the theatrical version up until they blast their way out of Mos Spaceport. Okay. Then just watch the the special editions from then on because the rest of the changes just aren't that bad. That's
1: true. I There's can't smoke. think
2: of that many changes after
1: that that I even like remember, except for just like cleaning up how it looks and stuff like that. Like explosions yeah, get a little and different
0: he, and things like that. Yeah.
1: It is cleaned up. It is gorgeous. Yeah. It is gorgeous. All right. But that anyway. is that is a very geeky tip. By which, uh, which means I love it. So that that is specific. But I think yeah. I also agree with you. you. You've sold me on it. You've sold me I,
0: on it. I got rid of a lot of my DVDs, and I had to hold on to those because I was like, oh there's no other way to watch these original yeah. uh, cuts of the Star Wars movies." So I had to uh, keep let's, those. Let's get back DVDs. to Batman.
2: So okay, and Raza, to cool. Batman. Cool. And let's get back to something cool. Cool. Let's get back to something cool. Yeah, so something we're Batman, and uh, <laughs> let's get back to something less geeky. So <laughs> So now we have Batman uh, leading the the their little team of three up. Uh, they Somehow they got themselves right to where they found some, uh, what are those? Like hooks yeah, and they uh, get ice. hammered
0: in. Ice. Yeah, pitons or not. Uh, some of the P, I think.
2: No, Pins, I, don't, maybe. I don't They're know. the things that they they climb, mountain climb where they run the ropes through and stand on. So Batman's leading them up, but he, again, this is the the images here are them like it's really cold. They're wearing they're wearing parkas. They're wearing backpacks. They're actually climbing ropes in a very realistic way. At, it's just just the there's five panels on this page. Uh, you just look at them, even if you don't read them, and it it takes you with them, and you know exactly what's going on.
1: It definitely adds to the atmosphere. Like you feel like you're in a mountain range. You feel like you're far away. It's Kevin, you were mentioning that like it was Uncle Scrooge comics and Don Rosa comics that led you to getting Jeff's comics recommended to you. Uh this kind of reminds me of like a Scroogey thing, like cause they would journey all over the world all the yeah. time. You'd be reading an Uncle Scrooge book and suddenly they'd be like, you know, in Shangri-La, some like yeah. hidden hidden kingdom in the Himalayas. And I and I and you'd have this of uh, you'd be awestruck reading those old comics that like, wow, this is a duck comic, but it's got this beautiful mountain landscape in it. There's something like that happening here.
2: Like there's I some real atmosphere. This is, this is like uh, Scrooge and Donald of the Nephews looking for his lost dime in the Incas or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: It is funny how like a certain amount of realistic detail ups the impact so, so much. It's like, I have no idea what somebody looks like if they're crawling up a mountain with a rope. But this drawing of Batman in the last panel of page 13, you yeah. know, where he's like hoisting himself up, it looks so real. It looks There's weight. heavy and There's strong. There's real
2: yeah. weight going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's good, this Neil Adams.
0: Yeah, I think he's got a career in this.
2: Yeah. So now we've got now we're coming up to another of the um, are we going too slow or am I? this is, no, what this is a good do. pace. Yeah. We're at a good pace? Okay. Yeah. Um this is another one of those uh slow motion, not slow motion is the incorrect way to put it, where it's more complete. It's it an action sequence where you have the right amount of panels mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And okay, so they're suddenly a some out of nowhere, they're being shot at by a sniper that they can't see. Yeah, they're still um, climbing
0: up the mountain, but a sniper starts yeah, shooting at them.
2: Exactly. They're absolutely exposed uh raza looks like he's been hit ubu gets him to a ledge and now batman throws off his coat and in a sequence where he throws the coat out into the air to distract the sniper's bullets he throws his batter or bat rope out and swings around <laughs> and now look at this page yeah okay this this is brand spanking new man nobody was doing this no no nobody that, that it For even the top tier here, if you look at this, the storytelling involved is—I mean, (laughs) Danny has has written like a little um, exposition box here, saying, "Across the chill chasm, he flings himself a final desperate attempt to reach a steep slope, fifteen feet away, a murderer in front and yawning doom below." (laughs) You don't need that at all, yeah, because those three panels show it and. This is an interesting thing that I definitely do mm. and I had never seen before. There's a camera move, so to speak, yeah. Here Batman leaps out and the cliff, the cliff face, if you see in the background, is that's one cliff face. So the so the viewer's eye or the camera follows Batman around and across. And and the gun is also trying to follow. Batman, We yeah. can't keep up. That is a level of storytelling that I'm telling you was brand new the day this comic. So
1: am I, yeah, the background is continuous. Like the background is all connected. Yeah. And they've broken it into three panels just to show Batman moving across the background.
2: Yeah, and that doesn't, and it wouldn't necessarily always work, but like, yeah, pretend that the first panel was the only panel and take away the gutters. You would have Batman swinging, and you would see the cliff and the snowbank he's heading toward, right. and the gun. But instead, we, the reader, we're tricked into uh, our heartbeat goes up. We, we mm-hmm. we're with him. We're swinging, and with the speed, and the guns following him, and he hides in that uh, snowbank. That is that is. That was yeah. very, very innovative.
0: It's um, also a place where these strict panels really work in his favor because uh, the first panel, nothing breaks out of it. The second panel, right. just his toes break out of it into the next panel, but his cape stays contained. So it leads you to that third panel really nicely. Ah, There's not it, much breaking yeah. at all.
2: That's, I, I, damn, I never noticed that foot before. Good job, <laughs> good eye. But you're right, that foot takes you right to his path, uh, his trajectory.
0: And I, I love these, like, I love when uh, artists have these, like, uh, triptychs. Uh, it's how somebody once referred to them, and I use it all the time, uh, of, like, three panels where it's, like, one image in the background. Like, happen, you see it now, people do this stuff a lot. It just looks so cool to me. It really simulates that motion, like you said, of time.
2: Yeah, it, and, again, the rest of the page is also uh, – I, mean, I mean, if I was going to pick a Rosetta Stone <laughs> – uh, for me personally, mm. the, what my kind what I how I tell stories. This page is the Rosetta stone. Oh, I love it. you've got you ha- so here comes the bad guy looking for him. He's comes, walks up to the obviously the hole where Batman went in, but he doesn't see Batman. and he so he, when he's when he turns to look away, Batman reemerges and pulls the guy down. and it's every moment exactly that, that you need. It's every moment that you need. Is right there, and it's all silent, and and it's not all like completely like one second after the other. Because look at the bottom row, Batman pulls the guy down, punches him, but we don't buy. He doesn't bother showing us, you know, ugh, climbing up out, climbing of the out there. of the snow, <laughs> and stepping over the guy. He just jumps to that.
1: So, so that yeah, was, it's that it's was not totally slow motion. It's just judiciously picking what moments give this real weight. But also do it as quickly as, poss- as economically as possible for this. Yes.
2: Just use the stuff you need. Yeah.
1: It's so dramatic when, you know, especially superhero comics, post Stan Lee, maybe always, tons of text, tons of dialogue. And then you come across a page like this where there's just not many words at all. And it looks so uh, confident. Uh, it, it gives it, I don't know, you, you, the reader, are told this is important. Like, pay attention.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's really fun. That's exactly right. All right. We can speed up a little bit here. Uh, I've geeked out enough. Um, so the next page a beautiful at the top, you know, you got Batman walking away in the snow, but as a beautiful drawing of a man wearing a cape and a bat, uh, also that drawing of Batman, the next panel where we're close. The profile. Nice, good choice to zoom in because he's thinking. Yeah. So zoom yeah. <laughs> in on his ha- face. Uh, the story continues where a helicopter flies overhead, and he says, "I can guess who the passengers are," meaning he's guessed that. Yeah. See, he's
1: ahead of us now. He knows what's up. And, and we the caption the box makes the caption
0: box makes sure you know that because it says, "The Batman acts as though he is the case cracked." Hmm. Yes. <laughs> the word "hmm" is written. That's a this little overdone. Also
2: another. This is also another um, tick to me mm. when I was a kid, it's like. These You don't need these things. Yeah. You don't need these little meanwhile boxes. In fact, if you ever reread Bone again, you'll notice there's not a single Oh, wow. Not a single narration box in the entire thing.
1: Oh, I never noticed that. That's amazing.
2: Um, Frank Miller did a very interesting thing with Dark Knight Returns when he would use the narration box, but it was narration. It was actually narration of the characters, his inner monologue. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't an overview voice of God narrative. It's like Bruce doing.
1: Wayne thinking this would be a yeah. good death or whatever.
2: Yes, exactly. And I yeah. thought that was that was also that was as remarkable as some of the things I've been getting. Excited Did you like before. the Dark Knight Returns? Very much. Yeah, yeah us too. I it. I it, it, blew, much, yeah. it blew us away. So okay, so he follows the helicopter to the hideout. He goes in. Um Everybody's kind of been waiting on him, obviously, yeah, uh, but now Batman has the whole game sussed, so he's not playing anymore. yeah, and he walks in and we we'll, we can go quickly through this. basically, yeah. Robin's there. Batman says, "How you doing, buddy?" He says, "I'm good. yeah, yeah they're very they're very
0: both very calm. I love how like comfortable they're. It's like, we got this
1: <laughs> they have like business. they have like a- action movie buddy jokes kind of, you know, yeah, which, which uh, Batman Not bad, chows, that. lousy, nice atmosphere, though. Have any hassles getting here, says Robin, as he's tied up with two guys pointing guns at him.
2: Yeah, and, and I, th- that was, I think they needed that. That was very refreshing. I like yeah. that a lot. And Batman casually, as he pats him on the shoulder, sticks a pocket knife right behind him so Robin can untie his <laughs> yeah. he
0: knows what to do. These guys are old pros at escaping <laughs> traps. Yes,
2: and, and that's key. The rest of the time, you're, you, we are meant to understand that these guys are old pros. These, you've got yeah. to really get up early in the morning to beat Batman and Robin. Yeah. So um, the next page is spectacular for this one. This is a drawing I was thinking of earlier when you were talking about Neil going, his face, guys. He is really, he's hes pissed at this point. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is Batman basically explaining to the reader and to the bad guys, I know what's going on, here's what's going on. And he's livid with rage, and his face is, like, so
2: expressive here. Super um, expressive. And... What a good hand. You, how <laughs> draw a hand like that? Gosh. that is <laughs> uh, a
1: real comics artist talking about a comic book. What a hand. <laughs> oh man.
2: Oh man. No, we all hate drawing hands. That is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I work very hard on my hands because of Neil. Uh, okay. So the next page, boom. This again is another example of, we're not just going to, show, go show Robin punch somebody and then go show Batman punches punch somebody. The whole damn fight is choreographed Yeah. Uh, in three panels. And we see each one And each action is, is followed up at the next panel. So in the first panel, yeah. Robin smacks two guys, one guy in the face, knocking him backwards and the other guy in the stomach, and then moves forward to grab another guy in the next panel and is about to flip him over. But the guy he punches in the stomach in the last panel, is still collapsing. Yeah, and the guy yeah. he smacked uh, backwards is is now on the floor. Same with what yeah. Batman's doing. This this complete um, set of actions. I don't, you know, I, I, I this is a good story, uh, and obviously it's lived a, a long life. So Denny O'Neill is brilliant. Yeah, but that yeah. that was not in the script. Yeah, that script said Batman rescues Robin, and they have a fight. That's yeah. all the script right so I mean I haven't seen the script but I know that's <laughs> uh, but uh, but that, that is really something so that's page 19 and that is a brand new way to show something like a, a combat
0: scene yeah the there. camera doesn't move here like right? it just stays At on there for three panels and it just no. shows how quickly and easily they dispatch these armed gunmen
2: yeah what was the scene where uh, that might have been a different comic? That was a different comic. That was the one that where uh, Neil Adams drew it and Denny wrote it, but it was Two-Face. I don't know if you've ever read that one. I
0: don't think I have, yeah.
2: That's really good. But a bad guy comes at Batman, and he can barely be bothered to move. The guy comes at him, and he just puts his hand up and deflects the guy's punch. <laughs> and and, that, and Batman's just like so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it, a lot was played up a lot in the Batman movie, the Tim Burton movie. Where the 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 crazy guy's coming at him in the alley, all right, yeah, yeah, with nunchucks or something, and he just goes, <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, right. So he, now he, that, he
1: Batman and Robin handle all of the thugs. They're all, t- and now we're just down to the bodyguard Ubu. Right, he yeah, so unmasks the big,
0: Ubu, the big Ubu, who's been shoving uh, him around the whole time.
2: Yeah, so we're th- so we now know that Batman was right. He's got it figured out. It's just a matter of time before Roz is forced to come out. Right. What he's figured out is that this whole thing has
1: been orchestrated by Roz to test whether Batman is a worthy boyfriend to his daughter. I think we don't
2: know we don't know that yet. At this point in the story, we still are like we just know that Roz has orchestrated it. Why did you do this? We do know that Roz forced this whole thing, forced all these dangers, these you know kidnapped Robin so it was one just really good drawings there, but we won't have to. Oh, my goodness. Page 21. This punch. <laughs> look at that punch, man. And look <laughs> at that cape. Yeah.
0: yeah. This is Batman knocking out Ubu. But you really just see Batman's cape mostly, uh, but it's still the power is all there. You can see you, it. You and fill well, in Ubu, what's behind Ubu the cape.
2: Ubu flying through uh, the the curtains that hide the back room. Yeah. Do not look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> but th- that Look at those wings. It's a bat wings. Yeah. He drew bat wings for a cape, and it's just awesome. But when the but when that curtain is down, then we see Roz is exposed and his daughter, who was also kidnapped, is there.
1: Right. I, I just want to say this, and I, I'm looking, Jeff, for you, the artist, and Kevin, you also, as an illustrator, I feel like that big drawing of Batman's final punch, also there's uh, – in terms of how much space has been allotted to each panel before, the fact that we've gone wide on one single punch makes it feel like it's over. It's almost like a cymbal crash at the end of like a musical phrase. It's like we've had all these little, not little panels, but smaller panels with lots of action, double action, parallel action, and now one big final punch. So that communicates to me, this is it. There's no other, yeah. the fight is over.
2: You are exactly correct. So cool. what it is. There's no question. This is one of the largest panels in the comic. Yeah. There's probably only the splash page. Yeah. Um, where Alfred and he here looking at the photo. Right. Uh, and the,
0: Like the, the mountain range.
2: They're in the private jet. Yeah. And then he starts to remember that was a big panel. And there's one more big panel coming. Establishing. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. That was a rhythm thing. So these are, so these are big panels. They're not as big as that one, but yeah. those are big panels. We got uh, uh, Neil, uh, so now this is the reveal of uh, why Roz did all of this. It's because his daughter Talia is in love with him, and he wanted to make sure that Batman, Bruce Wayne, was worthy of his daughter. And And, being a son-in-law, taking over the the Ghul empire. And then Neil Adams can, boy, he can draw, oh, he can draw women. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the kiss, that was actually a... a kind of a, an amazing thing. It doesn't seem like such a big deal. And I look back on it. But I do remember when I was a kid, you know, someone kissing Batman in a lustful way. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was adult. That was really good. That's
0: yeah. what I was saying. Like this issue ends with her kissing Batman, him looking shocked. Rachel Gould saying, you're a worthy son-in-law. I was like, I got to read the next issue right now the next issue is like all reprints it's like oh so this is not continued
2: No, it wasn't continued for a year and it was in this was what number was this two this is 232. i think something like 237 start or somewhere around there i can't remember
0: yeah i don't know
2: uh, somewhere around there started a, a a four issue story arc uh where I forget so, what the premise was, but yeah, it was but basically la- It expands the Ras school.
1: mythology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: uh,
0: so so it's cool. just, it's just, it's very interesting that it's like the amazing story comes and then it's sort of like, it's like, that's the word, it's over. It's over. Yeah. We're out of pages. <laughs> this is it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. 1971.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I am it's so, Im- I'm so, it, so it seems ahead of its time. Of these. I'm sorry. What? I'm so impressed with your it, memories oh, of it. You go ahead, Kev.
0: I was saying it seems ahead of its time. It seems like this does not feel like a comic from the seventies. It feels like Neil Adams was a, a few years ahead of where he, uh, most people probably were at that time.
2: No, I think um, with the exception of maybe Kirby, he is the most influential mainstream comic book artist. Cause so much of the things I pointed out tonight have been, have continued on by me and others. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and that whole realistic anatomy thing yeah um that that everybody tried to do that for years uh the only guy who even got close well there are a couple of people that got close jim arpero and bill sink um yeah. but a lot of people i mean that that is pretty much
1: well there's a lot man. of people who were capable of it but who had the chance to do it on the big stage sort of like this is a huge mm-hmm. premiere character that is like you know millions of people are are reading are reading batman um, yeah, you know it's kind of like when the Beatles do something it's more remarkable than when an indie band does it because it's the Beatles, and the biggest spotlight in the world is on that, yes. so for like Neil Adams to do it in Batman is establishing something in a big, big way,
2: yeah,
1: um so that's pretty rad, like yeah. how many people get the chance to get the big spotlight and then do do a big audacious style swing with it, not too many and like
2: I said it was this was like to me this was like the the crystallization point, not maybe not the very best, but it was the moment where like he had started, it was usually with Denny O'Neill. Um, and they got to this point and they went, I, I'm gonna say it was like 68 to about 72. Mm-hmm. And that run, which included Man Bat and the return of the Joker for the first time since prior to the TV show, um, which was where, where the Joker was a real gangster who would kill people. He wasn't, he was, he was the Joker and he was nuts, but he he wasn't quite the, the really serious psychopath he is today. But that was the beginning of the return of the Joker as a real criminal. Yeah. Uh, uh, It was just an incredible run, an incredible run. Uh, It it had a huge effect on me.
0: I think this is why Denny O'Neill was uh, like the steward of Batman for so long. It's like he and these great artists took Batman out of that sort of, campy after effect of the the 66 show and kind of brought it back to like being uh, It's it sounds silly to say but like for adults you know for like for like this is not no longer just silly this is serious stuff again yeah. it's still fun but it's we're not laughing at it we're 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 yeah. thrilled by it
2: well i'll just say um from a strictly comic book perspective the tv show wasn't what made batman silly it was the comic If you, if you went back and looked at the comics from like 1955 to 1965, they were exactly like the TV show. (laughs) Oh, wow. The colors, the plots, the death traps. It was exactly the same. When they made that show, they weren't making fun of Batman. They were doing dead on (laughs) recreations of the comics. Oh yeah. But your point is correct, uh, Danny O'Neill and Neil Adams wanted to take it back to the comic book roots of like the early 40s where he was a creature of the night and and they did it spectacularly.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: it would be hard to deny an issue like this and not say, well, this is the way we have to go. You can't go back (laughs) after this. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for
2: me, uh, geek out on this issue. My favorite it's
1: issue. a It's a thrill. This is exactly what we, we dreamed of is like it, a, someone who's created books we love talk about the books they love. This is a. This is perfect.
0: It's, it's really fun watching someone like you who's just like a, a master of comic books kind of like acting like a kid about a comic book at the same time. It's, it's very, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic (laughs) that I think is just fascinating. It's like, you can't, that's why you make comics is because you have that passion. And it's so fun to see.
1: Maybe a little bit of a surprise too, because when I read bone, a connection to like duck comics is more obvious to me than a connection to Neil Adams, Batman. Mm. Um, Sure. the wanderlust of phone bone, the sort of the the landscapes, the the lushness of the world, of course, the cartoonishness of the main characters. I see, you know, I see duck, duck comics and Scrooge in that pretty easily. I love knowing that there's they, Neil Adams DNA somewhere in there. So you know, there's a, there's
2: a lot of Neil Adams DNA in there, but a lot of it is the visual choices he made for storytelling. Yeah. That we, that we talked a lot about in this yeah. book. And mm-hmm. for me, it was the book that really crystallized it. Uh, Love it. Uh, so there's a lot of that. And then you'll see more of it in uh, I did a book called Rassel, which is right. Yeah. You're going to see the same kind of idea of storytelling in the visuals that's from him. And also, I really got good at drawing hands. in Rassel, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I, a, I do. I do have a book coming out uh, this year. This oh, is great. the 30th anniversary of Bone. Ah, uh, 2021. First oh, wow. issue came out in July of 1991, Oof. and uh, my wife and I, Vijaya, are going to self-publish uh, my new series. And the first two issues will come out this year. I, we're going to do a Kickstarter. Oh uh, wow! I haven't started talking about it too much yet, but um, it, do you want it, us to
1: promote it? Do you want our readers to to our, our listeners to keep an eye out
2: for this? Absolutely, please keep your eye out. to we'll be doing a Kickstarter, and we'll be doing announcements on Facebook Live. Uh, my Facebook page is uh the official sure. jeff smith facebook yeah page, i'm sure if someone like search
0: jeff smith it's going to be the yeah, one that yeah, pops up yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll we'll look something it up like so that that.
1: we'll do an outro so, on this and we'll make sure to get that
2: oh thank you very much but but in that book which is called tukey something that i did as a webcomic about five years ago but during the pandemic i actually rewrote it and turned like the 60 some pages i had into 230 page uh graphic oh, wow. novels <laughs> Oh, and exciting. in there, I I see myself drawing these Neil Adams hands coming for <laughs> a camera all the time, all the time. I love it. That's so great. Well,
1: we'll make sure to plug that, and and we'll be on the lookout for it.
0: It is. I uh, I flipped through the first uh, two volumes of Bone just pre- today because I since I knew I was talking to you, and I definitely can see some of the uh, uh, the in the action sequences in Bone when they're like being chased by wreck creatures or whatever. There's like moments where. Lots happen. And then there's like a moment where it slows down. Uh, maybe it's because Bone hits his head on a, a branch or maybe it's just because of somebody gets grabbed. But you can sort of see that sort of the time speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. You do see. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: and that, that. yeah, that's exactly that's the that's a perfect example. And that's the first time I saw that or got a notion of it was in the comic we looked at today.
0: You just don't have. Uh, you didn't have to have. Denny O'Neill wasn't putting captions on your book. You got to keep him out of it. <laughs> no
2: captions. <laughs> Although, if Denny had wanted to, I would have let him. <laughs> yeah. I'd like.
0: To, I'd like to see that edit just uh, side by side the version mm-hmm. where Denny just throws in some captions for fun.
2: <laughs> I did. I did get to meet Denny a few oh, yeah? times.
0: Actually,
1: yeah.
2: yeah, he was. He was wonderful. He was wonderful. He
0: seems like a great. Uh, he seemed like he was a great guy. Uh,
2: yeah, and worked so much
1: him. with so many people. It just he he must have been a beloved uh, collaborator. Yeah. Did you ever meet Neil
2: Adams? Oh yeah, many times.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you got to fanboy it's... out in person. Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we did. We did some this one weird thing where uh, in 2000, the, the Congress Legal Defense Fund mm-hmm. had a rented a cruise ship and put a bunch of cartoonists on it and then raise money by getting fans to go on it. It was a ludicrous idea. I can't believe we did it.
1: I've heard it happen many times, actually. When I first heard it, it sounded like there's Weezer cruises where like Weezer will be on the cruise.
2: (laughs) But we did it. And I mean, I mean, Neil Gaiman was on that cruise. Frank Miller was on that cruise. Will <laughs> Eisner was on that cruise. Oh, wow. uh, Neil Adams was on that cruise. Thank God uh, that boat didn't sink. Jaime Hernandez, Chris Ware. I mean, I it was it was like if that boat had sunk,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. and- <laughs> they'd they'd uh, stop making comics right there. They'd be like, "That's yeah, not worth COVID, it.
2: If, Or if COVID nineteen had come along. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah. But what? Like I I got to know Neil pretty well.
1: Uh, oh, great. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, well thank you again for joining us Jeff we really appreciate it we'll let you know when this episode comes out
0: yeah thanks again Jeff it was great to meet you talk to you thanks for all the comics and uh, taking the time with us
2: no problem Will, Kevin thank you Uh,
1: all right that was our interview Um, I hope you really enjoyed it Uh, like we said in the intro we were so thrilled to be able to do it Um,
0: yes it was uh, was exciting it was fun I I still can't believe he said yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I might email him and, and tell him to not do this interview with us. The one he that he's did. already done? Yeah, the one that we did.
1: Okay. You might try to go back and I think he made a mistake. That. I think
0: he made a mistake. I think he's slumming. <laughs> uh, if um, you want to email us about this episode or any episodes or just, you know, you're lonely, uh, <laughs> our email is screwitspidey at gmail.com. Screwitspidey.
1: Yeah. And we have a Twitter and an Instagram account at Comics. Uh, so you can follow the things we talk about there. And uh, yeah, please get in touch with us. Any, any of your thoughts about Jeff Smith, their Bone, or comics in general? Yeah, or if you're lonely, just say hi.
0: Yeah, we'll probably try to do a mailbag episode at some point to catch up on our emails that we're unable to cover in these interviews. These interviews are getting long.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll probably do a mailbag issue. So please, um, please stay in touch, and uh, we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye. Comics. My name is Lauren Ash. You may know me from starring in TV shows like Superstore or She-Ra or Scare Tactics. And I'm her sister, Christy Oxborough, semi-professional researcher and fully certified internet sleuth. And together, we are the hosts of True Crime and Cocktails, your new favorite true crime deep dive podcast. In season one of our show, we extensively researched all of the new Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episodes. And beginning in January 2021, season two will be a famous fatalities edition. From mysterious celebrity deaths to famous
0: unsolved cases. We'll be bringing you more boozy true crime combos.
1: So put on your PJs, pour yourself a drink, and join our true crime slumber party. New episodes of True Crime and Cocktails drop
2: every Tuesday.
1: Campfire.